0: Welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob. I will be your host and comrade this evening. Um, we've got a handful of things to discuss tonight. Um, the we we got we, we have some updates in the uh, Rhode Island uh, unhoused situation. Uh, actually, we have quite a bit of updates. Um, on that topic we've got the i mean i don't know how else to word it but frankly insane um weather patterns that we're having right now um and then um i'm going to talk a little bit about the movement for a people's democracy um seminar that took place yesterday with uh, Tom Watts and Jake Hansbury of the White Panther Party. <clears throat> um, and then, of course, the defense budget. How can we not discuss that um, at this
1: point? Um, yeah, I guess um, uh, Zen will be joining me at some point. Um,
0: Nice to see you, James. Nice to see you, Rob. Uh, of course, I want to remind everybody that our Patreon is live. Uh, if you like what we're doing and you want to support, um, by all means, every dollar helps. We also have a donate button uh, right on the side of our website if you want to make a one-time donation. That is for Okay. Oh. I did not mean to click (laughs) the Patreon. So we will start with the Rhode Island housing situation. Um, We have an article about this uh, on forwearemany.org, as well as the United Panther Movement statement um, regarding it. Um I will share the links to both in the comments. Um so first here is our coverage of the court case. The the ACLU is seeking a temporary injunction um blocking the governor from evicting um, the homeless encampment at the Capitol building um yeah for well over a month now there's been an ongoing protest at a homeless encampment at the state house in rhode island the goal of the protest is to draw attention to the very real issue of housing security which is a top issue for any member of the working class as wages continue to stagnate amongst record level inflation the average apartment rental in providence is well over two thousand dollars a month with 60 percent of all apartment rentals being over that mark Meanwhile, the state's minimum wage is just $1,215. A minimum wage worker in Rhode Island would have to work 49 hours a week just to make enough to pay the average rent. That's not counting a car payment or gas or utilities or food. Um, Yesterday in Rhode Island Superior Court, Judge David Cruz ruled against a temporary injunction filed by the Rhode Island ACLU on behalf of the unhoused individuals at the State House. The defense on behalf of Democratic Governor Daniel McKee, I want to point out again that he is a Democrat. Democrats are not our friends. Uh, Argue that the state can and should regulate how, when, where, and by what means First Amendment gatherings can take place. They use case references from uh, court cases uh, pertaining to the Occupy Wall Street movement, among others. I just wanna point out that the capitalist system systematically and brutally crushed the Occupy Wall Street movement. Local police department, sheriff's department, state police, federal agencies, uh, local courts, state courts and federal courts all teamed up to, to systematically repress the movement. And this is nothing but a preventative measure aimed at preventing another class-based movement. The tension in the courtroom was immediately noticeable. Um, You know, people were yelled at for stretching or, you know, like you get screamed at about wearing a hat. Um, Things didn't even start to go in favor of the plaintiffs who were the unhoused individuals being represented by the ACLU. When it was pointed out that Chief Little lied on his affidavit. He claimed an incident report showed that a member of the cleanup crew was punctured by a hypodermic needle at the encampment. While the incident report clearly states that the crew member did come into contact with but did not explicitly stated did not have their skin punctured by the needle the judge the judge didn't even mention it he just moved on rhode island has a homeless bill of rights and the defense argued that the provisions set forth in the homeless bill of rights don't apply to the capital ground i raised the question A public space is a public space, right? At the end of the day, the state patted themselves on the back for housing a couple of the individuals that had been in the encampment, uh, which by the way, now they're already back out on the streets. Um, They were given hotel rooms long enough to make the media attention stop, not even a week. And they're back on the streets. Um, So there's that. But this completely ignores the facts surrounding the case. This isn't about those specific individuals. It's about the circumstances that lead to what these people are going through. It's about the right to dignity, privacy, security, and, of course, the freedom of assembly. Uh, This court ruling is a fundamental affront to our most basic of human rights. Um, It is a way of undercutting activist work in the community and more. In the end, it's yet another example of how our injustice system systematically backs the capitalist power structure over the needs of the masses. The court system is simply another arm in the system of oppression. Um, If you are in New England, um, interested parties can get involved with the Emergency Housing Coalition, uh, which meets at the Mathewson Street Church in Providence, Rhode Island, every Sunday at 4 (coughs) p.m., Um, I, I doubt it will be happening on Christmas. Um, that said, um, they we, there are plans to launch a larger, I guess you could say, um, project pertaining to this. I mean, we can't just continuously Over and over and over again, ask the state to do something when they have a vested interest not to. Um, I'm also going to drop the link to the UPM statement about it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, I I covered uh, a lot of the same things in our article um but i do want to point out the update that um the power structure moved to evict the encampment of unhoused protesters the day following that ruling one of them was incarcerated in the enemy prison system and all of his belongings were destroyed and sent to a landfill this is yet another abuse of power yet more sweeping major issues under the rug The entire purpose was to get this group of unhoused people out of sight and out of mind. Um, The state didn't even do its own dirty work. They hired a private contractor. Uh, And then tent by tent, the workers um, emptied, slashed, and crushed the private property of dozens of people who have been uh, chased off state property. Um, But pallet shelters, distributions, um seizing housing is mentioned um in the in the style i guess of the poor people's army which there's a few things about this that i want to um cover but i do have a video let's start with that Now, notice that this group—I um, I guess to start this group—is being led by the um, Rhode Island Poor People's yeah. Campaign. Um, I'm not necessarily saying that you know this is the end-all, be-all of, of what the housing situation is. A uh, relatively silent protest out in front of the uh, state capitol building. I don't think is enough at this point. We need to stop petitioning the state to...
2: John,
1: are you here? Yeah. Uh, okay, can you get on the mic?
3: Okay, everybody, we're gonna start with housing rights for all. As soon as John gets on the
1: mic.
0: Anyway, I, I'm not saying that okay. this is... Mm-hmm. Um, You know, like the end all be all of what needs to happen around housing is um, a lot of things that can be happening. Um, But the housing situation is not unique to Rhode Rhode Island uh, or to New England. This is an across the board problem. Average rents might be a little bit different in different places, but if you're looking at the average wage, the differences aren't much. Um, So, I mean, I do think that we should support these protests, but I also think that we should offer meaningful alternatives. Um, you know pallet shelters etc. um there may be um, you know something down the pipe for that
4: but uh, we will see. That would not be my choice. I love so. sleeping in chairs. There must be like big lazy boys, right? You kick your feet up, set the couch no, kind of no. chair
2: they got. No no.
4: No, they don't
2: got that? No, they don't. In fact, in fact, the beds?
4: Yeah. Did you
2: think, were you imagining that the beds were like...
1: like four posters, like, yeah, like really yeah, nice? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: With really
3: thick mattresses?
5: Yeah, is it more like no. a cot? No. It's a cot. An army cot?
3: It's a cot. That's tough. It's a cot. So, we don't think that's good enough for our people in Rhode
2: Island, and we don't believe nope. anyone else believes that either. So, the first thing we're going to do here is we're going to start with housing rights for all, our round, and I'm hoping...
0: We can make some noise while we are here on this corner in Providence, Rhode Island. So here we go. Housing rights for all people. This is. I was going to try to show a little bit of each speaker, but
6: in a community
1: which
0: would uh, help them to connect
7: to the community that has thrown them out so like i said i'll repeat we need the shelter beds shelter beds shelter beds through the hotels we need the pallet shelters and we need 500 we need the funding for 500 units of affordable housing that's what needs to happen that's the long term plan it's the housing because without the housing we can't do it. And it needs to be a long-term plan. We t- twenty I don't want to be here twenty-two years from now. Have my grandchild out here saying, Hey, my grandmother slept underneath the tree and We're still out here trying to get
5: people homes. That's Amen. a shame.
6: Everybody's got a right to live.
1: Yeah. Everybody has a right to live. Everybody has a right. To to live and before
6: this campaign fails, we'll all go down to jail because everybody has a right to live You got it more time. Hey. Every-
0: so um you get the point. We don't gotta watch the whole uh video there to um, really get the idea of, of what's going on. Um I do support the um,
1: the Poor People's Campaign uh,
0: coalition and what they're trying to do. Um, but I do think that we need actual solutions. Uh, we need support programs, we need skills training. Um, uh, you know, we need to address systemic poverty. Um, and how housing is managed. There are a lot of things to be done. And personally, I don't think that having kumbaya moments at the Capitol was the most effective way to create change. Um, but I will support them in their push until they start telling me to vote Democrat. <laughs> um
1: Let's see. Um, so
0: last night, there, th- this is what the video is from. They had a uh, solstice protest at 7 p.m., um, and th- these are the things that they were trying to draw attention to. Over 500 people slept in places not meant for human ha- human habitation this week uh and the state of rhode island is over 400 shelter beds short governor mckee promised to have everyone sleeping outside in a bed by thanksgiving he's a month late and 400 bed short um that's, that's where they met um I, again i don't think that demanding the government do something is an effective course of action at this point but again, I will, um, I will support that and I mean I think that we need to get more radical people involved uh, with this coalition and start presenting uh, real meaningful alternatives. Um, that that should be what our focus is. Uh, and then I wanted to shout out, oh actually I have one more thing. Huh. I apologize. Um, the governor is implored to take action on the homeless crisis before deaths occur. Um, this is from Uprise, Rhode Island. It's a more uh, progressive, uh, leaning, um, independent media. Um, so just last week, this uh, encampment of unhoused people in the State House Plaza were uh, evicted and then. Um, You know, the Emergency Housing Coalition held a protest the eve of the solstice, as I said, Um, as hundreds of Rhode Islanders drove past to do their holiday shopping at Providence Place Mall, which is not far.
1: Um, I apologize, I'm trying to get back to uh, my uh, video here. I apologize. I'm <laughs> trying to get back to the comments. Um,
0: exactly, James. Rich people don't like the misfortune being anywhere, but they especially don't like them on the lawn of the state house. Uh,
1: looks like Trisha will be joining us shortly, but um, so. As I said, I'm not gonna go over the the demands in depth. Um, hang on, I have to send Natalie a link here. There
0: we go, ta-da. Um, <laughs> sorry for the distractions. I'm not gonna go over these in depth. I don't think they go far enough, however, 400 emergency beds uh, guarantee that the will not affect residents of tent encampments I don't see that happening um, frankly I don't care we need to we need to give these people support we need to get these people shelter um, <clears throat> without going too deep into the weather situation uh, tomorrow the high is 54 degrees and the low is 10 so it's going to be the temperature is
1: going to be dropping like a rock all day.
0: All um, oh right, the Cranston Street Armory, right? So that did get opened. There is fifty cots. That's what the uh, woman from Poor People's Campaign was starting to say in that video. It was supposed to house, it was supposed to be an actual shelter and it was supposed to house 350 people. It's a warming center that has 50 cots. Um, The people that were evicted were told that their belongings were gonna be stored. Um, For 30 days, I
1: think it was, uh, anything that was left behind got smashed, slashed do down a truck in haul to for.
0: um what i'm trying to say is enough is enough and when i'm advocating more radical type um, action what i'm what i'm advocating for is like actions like the poor people's army or uh back in the day there was uh Occupy our homes, right, which is uh, basically they were doing like eviction defense and actually seizing houses. And these are the same types of actions that the Poor People's Army has been taking for, uh, as I understand it, for decades in Philadelphia. For three decades, according to the first paragraph of their little bio here. It's uh, com. I'm going to drop that in the comments. Um, Definitely, you know check them out um they i mean it's easy to sign up the buttons right there um but uh i guess to be fair what i was gonna do is go to the what we do page why did it not um there are 10 unoccupied housing units for every one houseless person in Philadelphia the national average is more like 6 to 1 um right but like they they've been doing this work for 30 years um you know this is tangibly changing people's lives um and this is from last year but i want to um, show a bit of a video.
7: We have gone to jail hundreds of literally hundreds of times. Um, we have been setting up encampments for years. It's, it's time to make housing a human right. This is not a question of, of development. Uh, this is not a question of scarcity. This is straight up greed and a misappropriation of funds and priorities.
4: In many ways, America is like the rich young ruler that came to Jesus
0: and asked, Master, what what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life?
4: Sell what you have and give it to the poor. And the scripture said he went away sorrowfully.
3: America is like the rich young ruler. We are moralistic on the outside. We look good on the outside, but in, in, in inwardly, We are deficient of our
4: care and our desire to bless and sustain the poor.
5: National Lawyers Guild stands in solidarity with the Poor People's Army, as well as the families who are living in these takeover houses. Written into the preamble of National Lawyers Guild and at the very core of the work we do is um, the belief that human rights are to be valued over property interests. Both the National NLG and the Housing and Homelessness Committee strongly support the poor people's army and the self-organization of people who are poor, of people who are unhoused, and those who are redistributing homes that belong to the people, represented by this takeover house and many others. Even before the pandemic, we were in a crisis of evictions and homelessness, despite enough vacant housing and wealth to house everybody who needs it. Now, 10 million families are behind on rent. This includes one in three Black families. Millions are without housing at all in a pandemic. When the government is not able or not willing to protect its own people and honor its obligations under internationally recognized human rights laws and agreements, that the people will step in and do that. And so I urge the legal community here in Philadelphia to stand with the poor People's Army, to stand with all of those who are experiencing houselessness right now, um, and stand with these families.
1: Where they were crowing, that they were gonna put 400 families into housing for $60 million.
3: Now, I can do math, that's $150,000 a family. We put people in houses for less than $1,000. Woo! Uh, maybe because we haven't even got $1,000. We have these sanctuary cities, a lot of mayors get a lot of press and they they get a lot of clicks and a lot of likes and they get to boost their profile. But are they sanctuary cities when they are filled with thousands of homeless people?
5: But if our federal government and cities refuse to provide housing for everyone, safe housing, affordable housing, dignified housing, universal housing, then we will build and support movements to take the housing that people need. And if we want to, we as
7: people in this country can step forward and decide, okay, we're developing the political will, no more babies on the streets. Let's institute a zero tolerance on homelessness and let's begin to identify as many abandoned properties as possible.
5: Let's do the morally right thing as Pastor Collins said, to dismantle this cruel and broken housing system and to build in its place something like what we've seen here today. And let's begin to take these families in mass
7: and let's get our children off the streets of this country and start housing them.
1: All right.
0: Um, I just... Uh, the next the next is... Uh, topic sorry the next topic is going to be about Germany convicting a 97 year old Nazi
1: um give
0: me just a second here I'm adding a restream bot to our discord Um, I guess I did not realize that uh I could do that so
1: give me just a moment here
6: What did I do? But it was there. Uh, why? Where? Oh, there it is. It was in a pop-up window, of course it was. Give me, as I said, just one moment.
1: I have to
0: click the ladybug photos to prove that I'm a human. No way that a robot could ever identify ladybugs. Um, that will be in the current event show section on our Discord, effective right now.
6: Um,
1: speaking of Discord, um, I have a link, I'm gonna drop in the comments. Uh,
0: If you would like to join our Discord, it's open to anyone and everyone, as long as you're not a chud, and as long as you agree to the rules that you will uh, see before
1: you, um, you before you even are able to do something. Alright,
0: so back to the show. I apologize. This is a whole lot easier to be with two people. Um, Trisha should be on. Momentarily, I'm hoping. Um, I'm going to, like I did last week, I'm going to pin the Discord link. Um, obviously, it's still growing. There's 20-something people in there, but um, when conversations do get going on, it's, it's cool. Like, uh, like I said, it, it's just cool to be able to interact with people potentially all over the country in real time. We can keep each other informed on what's going on. We can, you know, like build intercommunal networks from across the continent. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, on to this story about this, uh, German court here.
1: Um, Furchner
0: accused of being part of the apparatus that helped the Nazi Stutthof concentration camp function appears in court for the verdict in her trial. And it's a whole Germany. Itzio? I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> um, this was on Tuesday. What was that notification sound? I thought maybe it was Trisha joining, but it's not.
0: Uh, yeah, James, I get that uh, Discord is kind of weird. Um, it's taken me a bit to get used to it too. That's why we haven't made as good of use historically with the Discord as we should have, but I, th- I think we're on the right path now. Uh, we've got a pretty good group of people um, in there so far. And, you know, the more the merrier. Uh, as time goes on, as that platform grows, we will probably be using our Facebook less. Um, speaking of which, I guess I should. It's the Discord
1: notifications. That's so funny.
6: Okay um how do i notifications there we go
1: just
0: wanna turn off the thing oh disabled notification sounds there we go got it uh anyway (laughs) Again, I apologize for the distractions. Um, the state court in Northern Germany gave her a two-year suspended sentence, wow, for being an accessory to murder in 10,505 cases and an accessory to attempted murder in five cases. Uh, the court said judges were convinced that, that Furchner knew and through her work as a stenographer in the commandant's office of the Stutthof concentration camp, from June 1st, 1943 to April 1st, 1945, deliberately supported the fact that 10,505 prisoners were cruelly killed by gassings and by hostile conditions in the camp, by transportation to the Auschwitz death camp, and by, by being sent on death marches
1: at the end of the war.
6: Uh, there's some. Um, Da-da-da-da.
0: Um, Natalie said, look, we can now send stars. as supportive for We Are Many. I'm assuming she's talking about on Facebook.
1: That's pretty cool. Huh.
0: Well, it's pretty cool. Thanks for the stars. Uh, appreciate that, Natalie. Um, point is, though, she got a two year sentence for over 10,000 cases of murder. Just, just think about that. Um, and because she's 97 years old, it was suspended because she's going to die before she even gets into a prison system if she appeals it. Um, but the verdict and the sentence were in line with prosecutors' demands. Defense lawyers had asked for the client to be acquitted, arguing that the evidence had been shown beyond doubt that Furchner knew about the systematic killings at the camp, meaning there was no proof of intent. Um, Germany is one of the few countries outside of the former USSR that really denazified. And really, that was because <laughs> East Germany was a communist regime. Um, but, I mean, on one hand, it's good that they're still trying these Nazis and finding them guilty today. On the other hand, compared to the punishments they were doling out in 1945, a two-year suspended sentence.
2: Right. That's thats not a real sentence. It, it's a little late. It's a day late and a dollar short, kind of like me today. Hi, I finally made it.
0: welcome um in her closing statement Furchner said she was sorry for what had happened and regretted that she had been there
2: well that doesn't make up for anything but okay
0: no it really doesn't (laughs) um there's not a not whole lot is. more useful stuff in the article, but I did put the uh, article in the comments in case you know somebody's interested in reading more of it. Um, you're just in time for the next topic, though. Um, the union activity update. Um, we have you know weekly updates from Railway Workers United. Um, they're doing a fundraiser thing um, that we're going to share um starbucks workers united just wrapped up their red cup strikes um and i mean you know if anybody in the um if anybody in the comment comments sorry has any other suggestions uh or not suggestions so much as like information uh about other striking workers we are always Ready to, you know, platform that. I guess though we should start with the Railway Workers United. So first things first, let me put in the comments this uh, uh, GoFundMe link. Um, it's simply titled "Railroad Railroad Workers United Support Our Struggle." Their goal is twenty five thousand dollars. They are at twenty two thousand three hundred
2: seventy five. Um, Great. Right
0: you know I'm, I'm not saying that the the viewers in here are going to push them over that but I'd, I'd really like to see them you know make their goal this is uh you know strike funds um basically and i also want to point out the railway workers united railroad workers united is open to allies it's kind of a broad scale union um it's, it's specifically for railroaders, obviously. They're the ones that run the union and get the votes. Um, it's not part of the bigger corporate unions. It's an independent um, you know large like over the whole thing. Um, like think the IWW but not to the same extent if that makes sense uh, but the point is, is this is rank and file workers that got sick of the bullshit uh, with the mainstream unions started their own um, and you can join as a dues paying member as an ally and if you have the funds to do so I would never argue against that um, but yeah they're calling basically for Nationalization of the railways, um, and for fucking sick time, for the love of God. Right. Um, and then this is just a sample of the organizations that have sent the uh, R W U. Um, you know financial assistance, advice, uh, words of encouragement, uh, statements of solidarity. Um, this is just a dozen of them. The, the list is bigger than that, or the the whole list is bigger than that. The American Postal Workers Union. Now, keep in mind, these are the people that deliver your mail. Um, there's a lot of them and I'm mean, that's a big union. That's a union that you want to have on your side. And even though they're federal employees, they wrote one of the most comprehensive and militant letters of solidarity. Uh, The letter, in effect, calls for public ownership of the railroad network. Um, (coughs) (coughs) Jesus. I'm okay, I promise. Y'all right? Okay this is dated December 2nd, Um, they they immediately invoked the great postal strike of 1970 uh, that laid the foundation for the standard of living rights and benefits that we enjoy today as postal workers, including our right to collective bargaining. Let's not forget that the great postal strike of 1970, if I recall, was a wildcat strike because the government wasn't acknowledging the union. Uh, of course they
2: didn't want to It's a well, government employees and they're probably you know were of the mind of like how dare you unionize against us Like, because it's yeah. needed motherfuckers at least for them unlike pigs your mail delivery folks are actual working class
0: I like yeah. this part Many labor leaders claim that Joe Biden is the most pro-union president. While we appreciate that President Biden has expressed pro-union sentiments, uh, has strengthened the National Labor Relations Board, nominated a pro-union Secretary of Labor, and signed the Postal Service Reform Act, the labor struggle and rail was a fundamental test of which side are you on, to quote the old labor song. This administration and the majority of the Democratic-controlled House of Representatives and Senate failed the test by imposing a TA rejected by workers and without legislating paid sick time and fair scheduling. Unfortunately, the AFL-CIO's top leadership failed to organize a united resistance to the pending congressional action against the railroad railroad workers, nor have they condemned Congress's overriding the workers' collective bargaining rights, along with their right to strike. So you know that was kind of like, well, you know, yeah, okay, Biden, yeah, pro union, okay, a couple of like fucking things, but uh, which side are you on? <laughs> right. Uh, and then you know, like in that same paragraph, to bring the hand coming back, <laughs> back across the uh, a- AFL-CIOs, it's kind of nice. Um. Oh yeah, I want to show, uh, this, is, this is kind of like not at all relevant to what I'm talking about right now, but I have a couple of things that I want to show. Um, this is more or less just a, I have to take off the, the virtual background but there we go, to do this, um, but stickers, Hold on, let me turn down that light. So these stickers are glossy, but stickers from the Connecticut John Brown Gun Club. Right? Uh, obviously that's that's John Brown around the edge. It says, I don't argue with people, John Brown would have shot. And then inside that it says anti-fascist, anti-capitalist, pro-worker, pro-black liberation and pro-LGBTQ+. Um, a Huey P. Newton quote. Um, I I love that, you know, it's the John Brown Gun Club, but like two of the four stickers that they offer are Black Panthers. Um, But the Huey P. Newton, this one says theory and praxis, Um, and then the Huey P. Newton quote is, there can be no real freedom until the imperialist world enemy number one has been stripped of his power. And then, um, of course, fight fascism, defeat, or defend equality. again with John Brown but uh if you want to you know purchase some of these uh stickers and support the Connecticut John Brown Gun Club um I will drop that uh in the chat as well um also if you have a local John Brown Gun Club I highly recommend checking them out there's the link to their shop. Uh, Anyway, back to this, uh, the next union is the Association of Flight Attendants. Um, They work under the RLA, just like the railroaders do. Um, The Green Party, of course, the Green Party issued a statement of solidarity with workers. Um, they are one of the largest and long, longest running third parties in the US. Great to see them speaking up in support of railroad workers. Um, 500 plus historians signed a letter of solidarity with rail workers and urged Biden to do the right thing. RWU is in the process of making contact with them to work together. Imagine that, people who've studied history are on the side of labor.
2: Right? Hmm. Seems to be a connection there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so while uh, the Postal Service threw shade at the AFL-CIO, the RWU is recognizing specifically the Vermont AFL-CIO, um, stating one of the most forward-thinking state labor federations in the country weighs in with their support of rail- railroad workers, um, the labor network for sustainability, um, uh, the RWU is part of the coalition, uh, of the labor network for sustainability, but obviously they've issued a, a, statement of solidarity solutionary rail, uh, international longshore workers union, United electrical workers, United steel workers, um, La coalition rail safety campaign. Um, and then there was a rally in New York city. There was a verbal statements from a bunch of different groups. I am going to send that link. That's a YouTube video. Obviously I'm not about to play an hour long YouTube video on the show. Um, but if anybody wants to circle back and watch that later, um, Let's see what else do we got. Oh yeah, Starbucks Union, Red Cup. Um doo-doo-doo. I I have another link. It's a map of stores that struck for the Red Cup day strikes. Um and also, this is this is on the Starbucks work, Starbucks Workers United webpage. So you also have you can just click home from that to to get more information or to donate or uh, whatever other forms of support you're able to. Um, but I am gonna zoom in a little bit and see uh, Arizona the union locations looks like. Uh, Indian School in 107th Ave in Avondale. Um, Power Road and Baseline is a union store, though. I think that the uh, the other one was working on it, but I don't know if, they're, if they ever won their vote. Uh, quite a few up the West Coast, uh, from L.A. up to Vancouver. Uh, Denver, Colorado, Utah had some activity. Uh, strikes in Texas, who would have thought? uh let's see if any of the rhode island there's not many because duncan owns everything here but there was some striking starbucks uh locations it looks like six of them in boston in and around boston i should say let down by new york city oh yeah another half a dozen or so um <clears throat> but you can find out, you know, where the uh which stores um had strikes and you know support um them. I mean, now that the strike's over, it's not like you're crossing the picket. Uh, you know. Um but this is just a few weeks after their first national strikes. And this is at more than a hundred stores, that's no small feat. Um and then, you know, that that's their second strike in just a few weeks. Um, and it was the longest national strike to date during Starbucks' busiest weekend of the year. Um, and they were also protesting the retaliatory, retaliatory closures of union, union stores in Seattle, Chicago, and Ithaca, New York. Um, and then they also included a bunch of statements from strikers. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go through all of them, um, for the sake of time, I guess. I mean, we started late and it's, you know, coming up on a holiday. I mean, I didn't, I'm glad that there's actually people watching it. I didn't really know earlier today if that was going to be the case or not. Uh, cause so many people are already, well, let me rephrase. Some people are, you know, like getting ready for the holiday and everybody else is sick. Right, or both. between <laughs> the Um. Oh man, so this should be a fun topic. Um, I th- I think. L- let me double check. I think this is going to be the last topic, but it's also the biggest topic. Oh, actually, no. We have two left because one's the weather, um, which is also going to be a big topic. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, the uh, the defense budget for twenty twenty three. Uh, I uh, I forgot to click that first. <laughs> there we go. Um, we always have money for war, but we never have money for the poor. And, you know, seeing as this got, like, passed right before Christmas, I mean, that's just symbolic of, like, uh, I guess how empty that holiday is to a lot of the people that claim to uphold it. Um, which, you know, like, I'm not trying to, like, throw shade at anybody for their religion by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but... anyone who can end up being a a capitalist and claiming to be a christian like i mean seriously just just read the gospel of luke (laughs) and then come back and tell me Mm -hmm. that you're going to continue living the way you are and still get into heaven if it exists i i mean i'm not i'm not here to say whether it does or doesn't but i mean really pay attention to the religion that you claim to uphold Because if Jesus did exist, he was sure as shit a socialist.
2: All right. He was not white and he was not capitalist. He was brown and communist. (laughs) Uh, For fuck's sake. Sorry, but there's nothing capitalist about um, the giving away of free food, free health care. (laughs) Uh, standing staunchly against the system, against usury, the whole fucking nine yards. Yeah, no, Jesus was not a capitalist.
0: You ever notice, though, how they like when it comes to like things that uh, that uh, go against what they say, they'll be like, oh, no, that's a metaphor. Like but, okay, so, like, they'll take the entire Old Testament, like, at its face value, right? Like, yes, the whole world flooded. Right. It was. It certainly wasn't just a region. The earth is 6,000 years old because the Bible said so. Uh, well, first of all, I mean, you know, there's the whole thing of interpretation. I mean, okay, it took God six days to create the heavens and the earth. But, like, if you look at God as the energy that is everywhere uh, in abundance in the universe... And you look at a day as a rotation of said universe, uh, you know, we're not talking about a literal week here. We're talking about probably millions or billions of years. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, but all of that is literal, right? But uh, you know uh, a rich man has a as good of a chance of getting into the kingdom of God as a camel has of fitting through the eye of a needle. Oh that's a metal uh, that's a metaphor like no c- come on
2: Right it's like now <laughs> it flips that around because <laughs> the former was the metaphor and the latter is literal it's right. like. No, no. And that's one thing that really shakes my damn head at these prosperity gospel fucks who exploit everything for personal gain. And it's like, you know, if Jesus were to come back today, he would smite the fuck out of you. <laughs> like, you're, you're profiteering off it. Of, you're literally, you know, making millions to billions off of your mega churches. And preaching that blessed is he who gets wealthy by exploiting the labor of others and that being poor is a curse and excuse me jesus said the opposite
0: right i mean you know christ dined with the poor he dined with prostitutes uh you know like he he washed okay and like you know just to put this in a panther context right like he washed the feet of sinners right he served the people like I'm yeah. not saying that yeah. Jesus is a Black Panther, but I'm kind of saying that Jesus was a Black Panther.
2: <laughs> right, he had the the Panther mentality for sure.
1: You right. know,
2: right. And uh, it's pretty it like I'm an atheist, but I I was raised in a very fundamentalist Christian home, and. I don't know how many times I have had to have these conversations with Christians and literally fucking start pulling Bible quotes for them. And it's like, why is it that an atheist has to teach you the things that your pastor is not? Here's all these Bible verses you have ignored for your entire life. Right. Like, if you were actually practicing this religion properly, you would not be pro-capitalist, pro-state. Any of those. you wouldn't be a fucking bigot. Jesus was about love, not hate. Love thy neighbor does not mean asterisk fine print if they meet your stupid fucking criteria of how you think their life should be lived. It is a very simple, straightforward statement that doesn't have any ifs, ands, or buts or fine print of where you can say, but I don't have to love this person because they're gay like fuck your bigotry
1: but yeah let's see here
0: I have a meme that I want to show but I'm just gonna like share it into the chat and then pull it up in there um Two, two things, actually, because one, I forgot to even put on the list. Um, so I'm just going to briefly touch on this, right? Um, let me go back to the screen share here. Oh Shit. So, I wanted to, like, show this guy's face, right? Because I want to congratulate this guy on creating the fast track to, uh, the reunification of the Korean Peninsula. The president of South Korea is considering an in- increase in the working hours of up to 80 hours a week.
2: Fuck that.
0: Yeah. Um, but to, to get a little bit more back on topic uh, here, the actually, I'll show this one to this, this is not relevant at all. The next one will be. Um, but like to get back on topic I wanted to talk about the defense budget For 2023 because the government Omnibus spending bill uh, Was passed And um, You know of course there's More money for Ukraine Oh and Zelensky addressed a joint session Of Congress today I don't even want to really no. fucking cover that um, But I'm
2: just curious how many Billions more his pathetic Nazi ass Is begging for now
0: well, I don't know, and but why they're the sending fuck them fucking we... Patriot missile systems now.
2: Why the fuck do we keep having money to throw at Nazis, but not to throw into food, education, and healthcare here? And,
1: and housing. Know? And housing. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, fucking exactly. But this, this meme should hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, um, it's uh, so the, the, the picture is from was it yesterday or today? I don't even remember anymore from Zelensky's joint house or joint Congress, co- joint congressional. There we go. Uh, address. I forget if it was last night or today, um, but it's Pelosi and Kamala Harris holding up the Ukrainian flag superimposed on the flag or the words. US taxpayer dollars are being laundered through Lockheed, Raytheon, Northrop, and Boeing while homeless Americans freeze to death this Christmas weekend.
1: Yep.
6: Um, yep. Corpor- corporate
2: profits and funding Nazis. That's where our fucked up asshole government fucking priorities are at. Uh, yeah.
0: Oh. So the how much is the dollar 858 uh yeah 858 dollars i wish 858 billion dollars defense act um this was uh december 15th that passed the senate um of course biden signed it but you remember how like trump had the biggest fucking military budget of all time after Obama had the biggest military budget of all time, after Bush, right. too had the biggest budget, uh, military budget of all time, all the way back, all the way to fucking either Kennedy or LBJ probably when I, when I, you know, this mass, like the cold war, whatever ramped up and then, you know, like, okay, the cold war is over. We don't need to do this anymore, but yet we're still spending more and more and more. But like the Democrats were talking about how for Trump to do it was a waste of money. But then they come back and make the budget even bigger. $45 billion more than what was proposed by Biden. And they rescinded the military's COVID vaccine mandate, which is like one thing that that Biden was like, you know, hard on um, early on, but they don't give a shit. Um, and I, I think it just shows, you know, how the Democrats operate. They back down at every confrontation. Remember, the Democrats are the original fascists in this country. They're the ones that spawned the KKK. Um, it wasn't until Tom Watson, the Movement uh, movement for People's Democracy, which I, I want to talk about that briefly after this, um, before we close on the weather. But Uh, Tom Watts at at the movement for a people's democracy thing yesterday pointed this out. The Democrats are the original fascists, right? Democrats supported slavery, right? Okay. Uh, Democrats spun the KKK. Um, You know, Jim Crow laws, uh, Democrats, Um, right up to the, the civil rights fight, right? Like, the democrats were the ones that were primarily opposing the civil fucking rights act um and then you know like with nixon the republicans took a step to the right of the democrats and they've been racing to the right ever since um but yeah i just i just wanted to point that out like you know we we cannot allow this narrative to continue like they might appear the democrats might appear nicer now but they've always been the fascist party um just because trump was more vocal doesn't mean that he was any less or more of a fascist than president joe biden um but yeah, $858 billion. Um, and the Senate passed this. What can with you With the bipartisan can... majority. Sorry, that was, uh, go ahead.
2: Oh, sorry, oh, I, I started the interrupting first, but I, I thought you were done with your sentence. <laughs> I'm just curious how that 858 billion dollars that they want for that compares to our total gdp for the year i'm curious
0: I i'm super am not sure there's,
2: there is no fucking way with only 350 million people roughly in our population and, you know, it being a significant number of those that are, you know, either children or elderly or disabled and, you know, therefore not working that, you know, that, how is there even a tax basis for even just the military budget alone being that fucking big? And that's why Well, our there, fucking, there isn't
0: a tax basis. That's, that's the whole thing.
2: It's, it's, it's borrowing dollars that don't fucking exist. Well, yeah. in value that has been created to over-inflate the military-industrial complex.
0: Well, yeah, which is just making things harder and harder on people like us. Um, I mean, you know, like, they're not even making that back in taxes. That's literally exacerbating inflation. And then, you know, like, the Federal Reserve is going to keep jacking up interest rates on loans and on currency and... I mean, we already owe so much more money than even exists, uh, right? Like, I, I mean, this, this government has shown itself to be incapable. Well, it's not even incapable, it's doing exactly what it was designed to do, to keep money in the hands of the capitalist class. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, every, everything is getting worse for everyone. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, the state of Rhode Island is telling its citizens that we don't have enough money to uh, fully open the Cranston Street Armory with 350 beds as a shelter instead of a warming center. That doesn't even address the fact that that's not enough to fix the fucking problems, right? But even just for him to keep his word is too much, right? I I mean, like, Like at, at some point, we just have to, like you know, carry on as if they don't matter. I mean, because basically at this point, I I forget who coined the phrase socialism or barbarism, but that's that's where we're at. I mean, the choice is socialism or no butterflies for our grandchildren, (laughs) you know, like, I mean. It just
2: kills me because the hundreds of millions that they have available just for, you know, addressing homelessness in Rhode Island would go so much further with actually buying people housing than to continue wasting it, throwing it at a fucking nonprofit org running a fucking warming shelter that's a temporary fucking fix that doesn't actually really fucking help. And that most of that money is being spent siphoned the fuck off instead of actually helping the people that
1: need
0: it. What did I just say I, I was gonna talk about before the weather other than this?
2: I don't fucking know. I'm
0: me am a space
2: cadet today.
0: So <sighs> it's it's okay. But I I mean I guess that was kind of like uh supposed to be a segue into the the next um topic anyway the the insane weather across the continent um when i say socialism or barbarism i mean like capitalists are literally destroying the planet eco-fascists might have you think that it's you know you and me driving our gas cars no it's the military primarily first and foremost it's the military um, and, and it's mega step corporations, step yep, yeah. Um, but the Midwest is seeing an Arctic blast that's insane. I mean, like, literally, the maps don't have a color for how cold it's getting in the Dakotas. Um, yeah, most of you watching, I, I assume, know Vicki. Um, she's been on the stream quite a few times over the last couple of years, and she sent a screenshot. It's actually in the Discord. Um, she sent a screenshot of her weather app uh, today in Nebraska, and it was negative nine degrees was the actual temperature. This is like five o'clock, by the way. It's not like, you know, now. Um, it's called now, the sun's down. Right. It was negative nine degrees, and the feels like temperature was negative 34. Um, but the lows tonight in the Dakotas are like minus 58. That's not the wind chill.
2: That's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, and and, and there's, then a- there's already been problems all the way through there up into like Wisconsin of power outages as well as house fires happening because people are having no choice but to, you know, use like wood-burning stoves and fireplaces that might not necessarily have been maintenance recently enough to make use of, but they have no choice when their power goes out, and it's causing house fires. Like, this is devastating.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, um, well, after Christmas, more than likely, uh, you know, we might have to do like a, a special piece on the impact of the system. Um, I think that this is the worst polar, pol- eh, the worst polar vert- vortex event that I can think of. And I mean, it's it's not just the frigid temperatures there. The Great Lakes Basin is looking at ridiculous amounts of snow. Uh, you know like 18 to 20 inches for parts of western Michigan for example Um, right and then like you know the the eastern coast of Lake Huron when they get their lake effect snow that storm is supposed to stall over Lake Huron which is what causes lake effects snow if you didn't know that Um, and that's just gonna dump I mean I mean it's probably gonna be more than it is on the, the the east coast of Lake Michigan Um, You know, we're looking at two feet plus of snow in uh, some areas. Combined with, uh, well, I mean, you know, blizzard conditions means high winds as well. I mean, there's going to be power outages. There's going to be trees down. There's going to be, and then, you know, the frigid temperatures swinging in right behind it. And I mean, here, luckily, we're not getting anything crazy as far as uh, snowfall or, anything like that but I mean we're supposed to get a half an inch of rain tonight and then it's supposed to rain all day tomorrow the high tomorrow is 54 degrees and the low is 10. I mean a, a 44 degree split between day and night is like Arizona shit <laughs> right <laughs> right definitely
2: contending with that
0: yeah, because I, I mean, well, you know, you've been there for a while now when that sun goes down, the temperature drops like a rock in the wintertime. Like it actually gets pretty, pretty damn cold in the desert at night. But I, I mean, you know, like a 40 something degree split is just insane for the East Coast. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there, I mean, at least there in the Midwest, there is typically enough cloud cover to trap some warmth from the day. That is a severe cold snap
0: for up there. Yeah. And I mean, I work on uh, Christmas Eve, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but of course, you know, they're already they're already talking about be prepared for uh, power outages. And <clears throat> I mean, the generator's ready to go. Uh, we'll be we'll fine, but um, that's part of the reason I'm not as prepared as I'd like it to be for the stream. I had to stack wood today make sure I had canyons split and um, make sure the generator is accessible
2: I'm thankful you guys have you know like been regularly making use of your wood burning stove and had that maintenance last summer if I remember right and stuff so like
1: well
0: I mean the the previous owners did yeah
2: yeah, you you guys are safe using yours. So at least I know you guys will be okay.
6: Yeah. There's
2: so many I people mean, I, having to resort to that who are used to using the regular furnace that it worries me. Of, like if the flus and stuff haven't even been cleaned recently, like that's a fire hazard.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, as a reminder, if you do burn wood, that should be done uh in most cases yearly um you know like i mean if that's your primary source of heating i'm saying then yearly if you only use it a few times a year then i mean whatever not necessarily yearly but keep up on it (laughs) um right well i mean that's part of the reason that we don't really use our uh um like actual fireplace is because, well, I mean, the guy was like, well, we didn't have it done at the same time. You should probably get it done if you're gonna be using it regularly. But I mean, we had a, a small fire in it when we put up our Christmas decorations and we'll probably do the same thing on Christmas, but like, it's not worth it to have that burning if we have the <clears throat> the wood burning stove that actually like circulates. Right Because the fireplace only keeps that little area warm anyway. All right. Uh, anyway, I'm kind of getting off topic here. I wanna uh, like pull up some maps and all that shit. Um, So right now it is 42 degrees, feels like 35. The low is 24. And then tomorrow, oh, it went down a degree. Uh, the highest 53 in the lowest ten. My bad. Um, but it's supposed to rain pretty much fucking all day. Um, like straight through from now until, well, it kind of goes down in the middle of the day, I guess. Late morning, it goes down to like 50%. And then it goes back up to 80. <clears throat> um, and then the wind follows it and, uh, four o'clock 46 degrees and then five o'clock 41 degrees and it's just all downhill from there at about that pace um and that that's just right and that's just here i'm gonna zoom out and do this uh future radar deal and i'm gonna screen share give me just a second A plate look at the size of that storm first of all and then look over here there ain't shit behind it that's where it's super cold so like i yeah. kind of wish I, I wonder if it has like a jet stream no but it does have a wind speed indicator so you see all this where there was no clouds. I mean, obviously it's not getting as cold down here in Texas, but like, you know, Nebraska and the Dakotas and Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin are all getting hit with that super cold shit. And the wind is part of the reason why. Um, actually, hold on, let me, let me stop this uh, screen share and see if I can find a, a jet stream. Mac. because, I mean, I know that we've covered it last year, you know, like what the polar vortex is, but I want to show everybody why it's getting so cold there and why all of this weather is being pushed out of the way. Um, I don't know where Schiller Park is in Illinois, but it is minus one right now there. And I mean that was outside of what was, you know, super cold. Um, okay, there is an animation here. Cool. So let me screen share again. <clears throat> um, so the the wind speed. So this is where the jet stream is sitting right now, <clears throat> basically on the western border of the Dakotas, and uh, Nebraska. Um, so everything in this little pocket right here is is just like dire cold pretty much everything up through like right here is going to be like dire cold that air is being sucked down i don't know why i just tried to like gesture like you can see it (laughs) um but the the air that's seeping down is from the arctic literally and uh basically climate change the globe is getting warmer right And that makes the the polar vortex, which is usually in place over the North Pole, less stable. So like when it dips down like this, I mean, this is a a pretty serious dip down for that matter. Um, You know, it sucks all this cold air down with it. And, um, you know, it can be a quite um, violent thing, you know, like when it snaps back up and, you know, throws the other side out of whack. But, uh, this is, um, from this morning till tonight. But, uh, you know, this, uh, this cold wind being brought back up by the jet stream is exactly what's causing the blizzard-like conditions that we're seeing, uh, over the Great Lakes region. Let me, so I pulled up the, um, temperature and wind maps. Um, lots of minus 11s, minus 12s. And these, these aren't, you know, like, feels like these are actual temperatures. Let me zoom out a little bit. 62, is that in somebody's house?
2: <laughs> it's gotta be.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, like actually it's worse behind where the, the well, actually I guess that, that makes sense because Wyoming is in the mountains, but look at that, minus 34, uh, you know, even, even Look at, look at Nevada, 28, 27, 23, 20. Um, And well, I can't say too much about Arizona. That's, that's not too far out of the ordinary there in Phoenix and Tucson. Um, But yeah, I mean, minus fucking 25 feels like minus 26. surprisingly it's not that way. i thought it was supposed to be windy out there too but luckily it's it's not but i mean these are like i said not feels like temperatures these are that's the actual temperature minus 27 right. degrees so let's uh i didn't mean to zoom out quite like that far. So let's take a look at this uh, gigantic system over the last day. We'll look at the past first, and then we'll look at the future. And yes, that is snow in Kentucky, by the way. But like, hold on, let me pause it right here. Okay, so eight degrees, right? And then on the other side of the jet stream, 46 degrees. That's in the same state, you guys. Like I said, tomorrow our high is 54 and our low is 10. That is why. Right, it's like
2: pulling that cold air in behind it. I wonder if that's a pressure thing. I'm no meteorologist or anything, but it kind of makes me wonder if it's got to do with the pressure behind the system there helping, like, draw some of that
0: further south? I mean, probably. <laughs> I'm not totally sure. I mean, I do know that the jet stream steers weather activity, um, you know, under normal circumstances, but I, I don't know all of the... Um, I don't even know what word to use. all the nooks and crannies of the... Um, the... Um, I forgot what I was even saying, I got so distracted. Um, Anyway, so future though, let's check out the next 24 hours or so. Looks like uh, Nova Scotia might get smacked by this. I mean, that's some pretty heavy rain, but it's also pretty far out to sea, so that's not, not too uncommon but i mean you see how this how a a mass of this system has just kind of like stayed parked over michigan yeah yeah Yeah,
2: it's it's just
0: tough well i mean you can can see it like kind of you know like rotating and stuff but like all of this rain that's that's moving up there's a lot oh it's finally starting to clear up but yeah, I mean, that's that's a pretty significant amount of snow. Now let's switch this over to precipitation and take a look at it. Oh, I didn't, okay, there we go. I was like, I didn't realize it was gonna get rid of the uh, radar. It's gonna take a second to load, it always does. Um, this app is Weather Underground, by the way, like uh, you can, like like people with weather stations you can link up to it, so um, you know, like especially if you're in like a rural area, or you know, on the opposite side of a city from the airport, um, you can get more localized um, precipitation readings, uh, wind speed readings, uh, temperature readings, that kind of thing. Which is why I like this app. It's my primary weather app on my phone. So, is it going to show me the precipitation or not?
2: All right. Oh While you're waiting for that, I'm going to do precipitation in my water cup.
6: <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Oh, okay.
0: Um, okay, well, that's frustrating, so. Uh, looking at a lot of cloud cover pretty much across the board. Um, quite a bit of precipitation as we already, already discussed. Um, and you know, we're already looking at at, a fucking inch of rain in North Carolina by, by midnight tonight. So, um, Yeah, just wanted to, you know, like, make sure everybody knows, like, seriously, be safe. Um, You know, try to have uh, candles, flashlights, uh, emergency blankets. If you have a generator, make sure you have gas. Uh, Make sure that you turn off your main circuit breaker before you flip the uh, generator on. Um, Holy crap. There's a lot of comments. I apologize. Uh, a lot of. Ooh, staying below zero probably through Saturday. That's how it was when my mom passed away, and I went to Michigan. Um, that was that was rough. Hi, Austin. Good to see you. Um, agreed, James. Get the backup heat source and a big blanket. Um, Wow, Austin, your high is five and low is one. Um, Yeah, Austin, I mean, if that's what you have to do, then, you know, do it. Um, James suggested a portable kerosene heater. Uh, Don't do that in a tiny room, make sure that you have you know, space to, to let it air out. Um, but yeah, I, I mean propane heaters, kerosene heaters, yeah, it's not ideal. Um, yeah, if you're not careful, it can kill you, but like if you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice.
2: <laughs> right. Just make sure you crack a window or two so you have ventilation so you don't fucking die from carbon monoxide.
0: Right. natalie asked if i know how many um unhoused people in rhode island are there approximately out in the cold tonight um i don't know the exact number it is slightly over 400 last i knew um that being said i i mean you know there is no like no way to know if that number is complete um there is likely more than that but the official count i want to say was like 406 uh, or something like that. Well, that's uh, just just a, That's just in Providence, I should say. Um, that's, in that's Rhode what Island. I say,
2: like, Providence, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that statewide, most of the homeless in Rhode Island are uh, in and around Providence, and um, that doesn't mean all of them are. Um, but anyway, Natalie went on to say, I just can't even imagine anything as inhuman that our country allows anyone to freeze out on our streets. And uh, yeah, I mean, that seems that seems like exactly what's pretty much happening across the board. I mean, you know, uh, Phoenix evicted a, an unhoused encampment in the downtown area because it was scary to business owners or whatever. Uh, you know, here it was the government officials were scared. Um, But housing is a serious across the board issue. I just want, I already shouted them out kind of at length earlier, but I just want to shout out uh, the Poor People's Army. Or if you want to know more about these types of projects, go to YouTube and type in Occupy Our Homes. Um, Poor People's Army though, poorpeoplesarmy.com has, uh, they've been doing it for like three decades. um, And I absolutely encourage checking them out. Um, <clears throat> uh, James, my backup heat source is still my main heat source. It's the wood stove. Um, I mean, you know, if I lose power, then I got to get the generator running, but I mean, really, the main things to keep powered are the furnace and the fucking fridge. Like, the rest of the shit don't really matter. Right. Uh, <sighs> Natalie and Austin are talking about the uh, system being broken, the low income heating assistance plan or heating and energy assistance plan, I think is what L I H E A P stands for. The heap. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, I, I really don't have anything else to add. This is after uh, literally as I was putting this together, I realized like, holy shit, literally last week, there was also like a wild, crazy storm that, uh, you know, dumped snow on parts of the country, um, dumped a huge amount of rain on more of the country and spun off tornadoes and stuff. And then now here we are a week later going into yet another crazy storm. I just want to remind everybody climate change is here. And, like, I don't mean to sound like over dramatic or anything, but it's socialism or barbarism. Those are our options. Um. Oh, wow. well I, I don't really think that I have uh anything else specific to cover um but I mean you know like in your community for the love of god if you see uh a homeless person uh out and about you know this this weekend is going to be fucking brutal uh you know like if if you if you have any extra money let's get some hand warmers or if you've got some old blankets that you don't need give them out or uh you know food coats reindeer um any sort of shelter that you have you know like seriously this is this is brutal between the rain. The snowfall, the wind, um, you know, it's, the situation's about to get a whole lot worse for people who already have nothing.
6: It's,
2: It's fucking frightening that, you know, we're dealing with these extreme temps. We're gonna be hearing a lot of fucking reports from all over the country of how many deaths there are from this, from exposure. All because we're not funding real housing solutions. This is fucking shameful that in the quote-unquote wealthiest fucking country in the world, that this is how those who are best off in it treat those who are worst off in it. Like they're disposed.
0: Um, Austin said, I have a feeling it's going to be a really hot summer. And uh, I think that you are spot on with that assessment. Um, we've been seeing Right. Well, let's not forget the last two summers in Siberia. The fucking place has been on fire. Right.
2: Hell, there was wildfires in England too, which is like unheard of.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like what? What the hell does England even have to burn? I mean, they emaciated that landscape five hundred years ago. It's,
2: It's fucking insane. But that's what global climate change is. is It's hitting extremes in both directions. And it's brutal in both cases, you know. Over the summer, we're having deaths because of extreme heat. And in many places combined with extreme humidity that fucking suffocates you. And now in the winter, people are going to freeze to death out
0: we've got to do it right so i mean you know just to reiterate okay. we we do have options um you know if all you're able to do is a little bit of distribution you know do it um if all you're able to do is raise a little bit of funds to buy some hand warmers or um you know warm clothes or blankets or whatever do it um and then uh On the other hand, you know, if you've got a few people, uh, you know, like hold some some classes, like make sure uh, people know how to to build and maintain fires. Um, You know, like look into pallet shelters, uh, teach teach one another how to build pallet shelters. Um, You know, like, yeah, it might not, you know, be the best shelter ever. Right. But it's something or, you know, like better yet, if you have enough people and, um, uh, and enough empty buildings that are, you know, like owned by a government or a bank or whatever, sees them bastards. Like we're running out of options very quickly. I, I just, to circle back to the Rhode Island situation, a minimum wage worker needs to f- work 49 hours a week, every week, just to afford the average rent that does not include any utilities that does not include not include a car payment insurance gas cell phone bill internet access food um heating just a cold empty box 49 hours of right. for a minimum wage worker it's despicable
2: Nobody should have to work 49 hours just to pay the rent. If you're working 40 hours a week, your rent should be covered by 10 of them. You shouldn't need to work 80 to 100 hours a week so that you can afford to spend 49 of it on just the fucking rent and still be able to get food and pay utilities too. Because it's not like you can even fucking manage to work 120 hours a week to fucking cover also being able to have a goddamn car and insurance and those fucking actual commodities either. We're talking about the essentials to survive being treated as fucking commodities That that's fucking insane 49 hours a week just to cover the rent.
1: Completely agreed.
2: And Chairman Mao has a solution for this. Just saying.
0: Um. So I have one more thing that I wanted to bring up. I already briefly mentioned it yesterday. There was a uh, movement for a people's democracy interview panel QA thing, uh, with, uh, uh, Tom Watts and, uh, Jake Hansberry, uh, who is the current chairman of the white Panther party, um, discussing, um, you know, Pantherism, and the white Panther party, uh, specifically, um, I just dropped the, the Facebook video link in the comments of uh, whoops. Um, I'm not sure where this is gonna jump in. Trisha, were you able to uh attend this yesterday or have you not been able to watch I, it yet?
2: I I have not been able to watch it yet. No, I was still only semi-functional yesterday.
0: I got gotcha. no, you. I'm gonna i semi- I'm gonna send you the link too. Um I watched I watched it earlier today and it's it's got some good um some good stuff in it. But um basically I'm just I, I think that I'm just gonna play the first uh question and you know uh like I said the link is in uh now the link is pinned in the comments but uh i guess it would
1: probably help if i screen share huh
5: oh. Oh. i'm very happy and honored to uh have you here tonight um
2: sharing Sound Oh, never mind. Now it's starting to do the
5: screenshot. Question. My first question, and this is to both you, but if we could begin with uh, Tom, um, could you give us a little background about yourself? Tell us about you. Tell us about your life, and and what brought you to you know the White Panthers, and and just just you know, tell us a little about yourself.
3: Do you hear it, or should it? Uh, to- okay. Well, um, I got involved in politics. Um, in the civil rights movement, uh, and joined the youth group of NAACP when I was I know, like 13 or something. Um, and then I hooked up with the White Panthers when I was 17 at the uh, uh Yippie Festival of Life in Chicago at the Democratic National Convention, and um. Uh, At that time, uh, they hadn't officially started the White Panthers yet. They just told me that uh, Huey Newton had put out a call for white people to form a White Panther Party and they were going to respond. And uh, I said, well, count me in, you know. So uh, they gave me a red book and I went back to Pennsylvania determined to start a White Panther chapter. I don't know, I, my, my, I could talk all night about my life, but, yeah. You know.
5: <laughs> sure, we can get more into that. Um, Jake, same question to you. And, and
1: what brought you to the
4: <laughs> Well, uh, first and foremost, I say that, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad you invited us uh, in all power. Uh I, you know, I'm I'm 23 years old. Um, a lot of the large political movements happened when I was a lot younger. Uh, so the, the biggest one that came about was the George Floyd uh, uprising. And that's really where I came on the scene uh, out here in Northern Indiana. Um, we, we were working on direct action and things like mutual aid. Uh, with an organization called N.W.Y. solidarity and that organization has since fizzled out uh, it was a joint group between the local anarchists and a local marxist Um, but it split because of divisions between uh, those two factions so uh, i read about uh, the united panther movement the white panther party i was reading the stuff that tom watts was writing so uh continuing that mutual aid, that direct action that we were doing uh, in Indiana, I wanted to take what was left of that group and try to form up a White Panther chapter. So I I, uh, contacted Tom and this was uh, probably 2021, -2021. mid-2021. The former chairman stepped down, uh, you know, halfway, a little over halfway through 2021. And since I was one of the only people on the ground doing work, I was selected. And so it's been a journey, you know, learned a lot along the way, so. That's awesome, thank you. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, like I said,
0: I, I want to encourage everybody to watch the whole thing, um, which is ultimately why I uh, brought it up. But like I said, it is pinned in the comments, um, speaking of the comments, Natalie said Tom Watts is so knowledgeable and inspiring, and I elaborated on that, uh, saying I'm glad that we have the wisdom of not just Tom but the other Second Rainbow Coalition elders to steer us in the right direction. Um, I mean, right. obviously, I don't know all of them, but the main two that I know and that I, uh, you know, have or am in the process of learning from are, um, well, Tom. Uh, first and foremost, I guess, but also High Thurman of the Young Patriots organization. Um, And then, you know, like now there is, well, I mean, I don't know all of the elders. I really don't, but I know that Cha-Cha Jimenez of the Young Lords as, you know, on the elders, um, I don't want to call it a board. What, What the hell would you call it? The Elders Council? Sure um but yeah i mean you know like these people have so much collective experience i mean you know they've all been doing it since the 60s so keep in keep in mind that that's like pushing 60 years per person and you know half a dozen of them are so involved um yeah i mean i guess that's really all i have I am going to um, find the link for the 2nd Rainbow Coalition Facebook.
2: Yeah. I shared the link on my page a few days ago because, at least for the rest of the month, PBS is airing it for free uh um, oh I'm,
0: i meant the second rainbow coalition website
2: oh i thought you meant the film never mind but the film's great but to watch. yeah too. yeah
0: it is on uh it is on pbs for free right now if you haven't watched it watch it um it is it is part of the panther education program um And I mean, for being from a publicly funded entity, it's, it's not a bad perception of them. Um, all right. Into the comments. Let's see. Here is, uh, the Facebook for the second rainbow coalition. I was going to send a link to December's newsletter. Um, their, their website is very, very simple. It's just, uh, you know, newsletter number one was January of last year and newsletter four was December, or I mean of this year, sorry. And then newsletter number four is December of this year. That's all that's on their website is their newsletters. Um, But, you know, by all means, secondrainbowcoalition.com. Look at that. Um, Definitely give their Facebook page a like and a subscribe. Um, You know, I mean,
2: Did I freeze or did you? I think we lost Rob for a moment here. I don't know what's happening.
6: Hmm. Good stuff.
2: All right, I don't know if his internet cut out because of the storm or what. Hell, I'm not even sure if you guys are still seeing my feed or not since it was being fed through his. But, um, yeah. Uh, we are about to wrap things up anyway. I'm exhausted, so I'm going to sign off. Y'all have a good night. Thank you for joining us. We will see you again next
6: week.